This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Today's Flyperbole is brought to you by that can in the back of the cupboard. Out of food and don't feel like going to the supermarket? Well, you've got that mystery can in the back of the cupboard. You know, Craig, in this time of coronavirus and quarantine and COVID, what really helps me sleep at night is knowing that major companies are out here looking out for all of our well-being. Yeah, I really enjoy all these commercials. I like uh, commercials like Amazon and uh, McDonald's and all these different companies that are giving you ads. Like, we're all in this together. Like, we're going to battle through it together. And thank you for buying our products that you definitely need during this time. So it's, uh, I'm just all fucking day with these commercials, Steve. It's all the same thing. And uh, I'm just, I'm already over it. You know, if we, if we show people in a Zoom meeting interacting, then it must mean that we care about your mental health during quarantine. We're relatable. We're just like you. We're all battling the same things right now. So please continue to buy all of our fucking products. All right. And you know what? <laughs> Let's show a nurse on her way to work and say thank you, but not actually do anything to help her. Yeah, no extra pay or anything. Just, uh, you know, just a quick shout out to all the nurses out there and only give one uh, screen time. May- it's very helpful. Maybe we'll buy you a lunch at right some now. point. Who knows? Who knows? No guarantee. But, uh, you know, keep working those long hours and making sure you keep us all afloat. So thank you. Keep using that same mask every day because we can't get enough supply from China where the COVID started. It's it's good. It's a good situation. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that's uh, that's our take on commercials. But here's the thing. I keep I keep Hulu on in the background a lot throughout the day and I'm too cheap to get the ad free Hulu. And there must be at least every commercial break now, every ad break, there is an ad featuring like a Zoom call or like a slow motion shot of somebody being heroic. And I, I you do need to appreciate people that are, are putting themselves in those positions and everything for sure. But it just feels very phony and opportunistic from these big companies coming out there and just, yeah. you know, like. Hey, you know yeah. what? We're down. We we know the struggle. Also, buy insurance. Yeah, like I, that's that's kind of my thing as a whole phony uh, angle of it because, I mean, the, we're when we're recording right now, I'm watching something. They just showed an Amazon commercial, no sound, but it was, you know, they were zooming in on people like with their arms crossed and then like putting on the mask and like packing boxes and it's it's the same kind of message of like we're all battling this together and it's like <laughs> we're all battling this we're all battling this together except for the people that we fired because because they tried to make a union in the warehouse yeah exactly so it's all it's all little i'm just it's getting rough when there's nothing else to do except watch tv and now all these ads are all over it and you i, I don't know i don't know i'm losing my mind steve i've been saying this for weeks we're all losing our minds i know and it's uh i mean goddamn i just i miss sports and i miss normalcy right now <laughs> and uh it's pretty much i mean it's it sounds like it sounds like the nhl misses sports too and um i don't really know uh, they're making huge steps towards actually returning 
playing, it sounds like. Not in front of fans, but uh, there's been some big updates this week. Or not big updates, but I get yeah, yeah, big updates regarding their plan, I guess. Because uh, LeBron, according to Pierre LeBron, I mean, let's just get into it. I was talking about the league looking to move into Phase 2. Steve, and phase, what Phase 1 has been has just been everybody going home and being self-quarantined and then pushing back the quarantine date for how long everybody should stay home. Apparently now they're pushing back uh, the deadline of April 30th, which, I mean, um, yeah, that would be today. Uh, They want to push it back until the middle of May and then make phase two uh, happen in the middle of May, which is uh, some the relaxation of the NHL quarantine uh, rules and players are allowed to skate together in small groups at uh, practice facilities. So pretty much some players or the league can get back out and actually start practicing and moving towards uh, resuming the season, and um, that, I mean, that's the big step right now, and then you turn to where would this happen, and what locations would the games actually take place, uh, and they've been talking about... Area um, 51. Area 51's a big one, uh, Bermuda Triangle, they're talking Especially, about they're trying to play games on the moon, it's a whole thing. I don't. Well, I since they let the UFOs, they, they, they let the UFOs out of Area 51, so there is space to play hockey in there now. Yeah, and also, that's another team, uh, you know, I don't, they could probably put some aliens on rosters if we want to watch hockey that bad. Like, if we really, I don't know if aliens will get infected by COVID-19, but you could probably put them on a couple teams and put them out there if you want entertainment. That's that's one way to look at it. I don't know if the league's talking about that yet, maybe, but... Uh, this league barely lets Russians about... into the league, let alone aliens. <laughs> aliens, yeah. Aliens might be a problem, yeah. The, uh, well, okay, so what was the thing about the the hub cities? You had the TSN uh, update on Instagram. I don't know if you – apparently they, they were kicking around the idea of Carolina, Minnesota, and Edmonton before. So And now they just came out with all these. The yeah, TSN Instagram account posted something that says the NHL has provided potential hub cities with a lengthy document of criteria that must be met to host games. The organizations will work closely with the NHL and the regional health authority to meet them. The government will have its own list at some point as well, and that's via Ryan Rishog. But, uh, and uh, by the way, since it's an NHL one, I should have said the organizations will work closely with the NHL. But um, <laughs> it sounds like they have some strict criteria they want to meet. Maybe not Madison Square Garden, right, in the middle of <laughs> New York City. Yeah, all of it, yeah. Maybe not Newark in the middle of, well, Newark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it. Uh, it'll be curious to see what, cities or locations they deem to be uh passable as uh, a safe place to kind of hold all these practices and i guess scrimmages and training camp and all this stuff and um, i just read something that said the nba was considering uh like disney world or something like really yeah. okay yeah i mean there's gotta be uh, we had the uh Freeman put out a couple weeks ago about how the league was talking about playing in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Like, there's going to be all these random ass places that they uh, that are looking into. But I mean, yeah, Disney World is it's a pretty good, it's a pretty random ass location to be looking <laughs> at. Um, so, and another thing that we've been saying the whole time too is how they're going to need some kind of. It's not going to like you know they're talking about coming back in the middle of May, but they're not going to be able to just jump into games. Then they're going to need some kind of training camp. LeBron suggests that there is a two to three week training camp uh, that will be moved to each team's practice facilities if it's deemed safe. And then that led to uh, comments that I saw from a little bit from Tavares and mainly from Philip Deneau. And uh, Philip Deneau is not part of the return to play committee, uh, but John Tavares is as well as JVR 
Connor McDavid, Mark Scheifele, and Ron Hainsley. Ron Hainsley, which that's that's a hell of a group of players. Yeah. To but I don't know how they I I don't know how that happened, but that's well, uh, the hell of a group. I guess I have to say one thing as a disgruntled Flyers fan. Nice to see JVR finally doing something. Yeah, finally show. It's nice to see him showing up in a uh, in late April. You're not used to him showing up in games or doing things in late April. So, oh. uh, Batman, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, I mean, JVR didn't have any bad postseasons there, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Batman, Bill Daly, Colin Campbell, schedule maker Steve Hatsy Petros, Petros, uh, Don Fair, Matthew Schneider, Don Zavello, and Steve Webb are also part of this uh, return to play committee. And uh, they're looking at several factors for continuing and actually finishing the 2019-20 season. Um, Tavares and Deneau and Philip Deneau of the Canadians, because uh, Deneau came out and had these comments in uh, LeBron's piece, uh, or it may have been Freeman's 31 Thoughts. Okay, it's on the internet. We'll find it. Uh, but he pretty much talked about how if players are going to be away from their families for these many months, because they're talking about the mini camp after the players get back together in May, and then the play- postseason could end up taking you know, through August or into September. And if these players are actually going to play the games, they're not going to be playing in front of fans. They're going to be playing in empty arenas. And then you're going to have to be isolated from everybody and get tested regularly. I don't know how often. I don't know. It's going to be a routine thing. It's not going to be once a month you're going to do it. that it would be at least weekly. Okay, I was going to say, I want to say daily, but I don't know enough about that. I, I, I don't know if that sounds yeah, asinine, I, I, but like, I honestly, at least weekly. I don't know what the availability of tests will be at that point, but yeah. I think weekly sounds pretty reasonable, uh, yeah. just because it's also a so, two-week incubation. But it could be daily if they have enough tests available, but it'd be nice if, yeah, I don't I mean, know, hospitals had enough t- tests available first. I, that's just, no, that's just that's, me being silly, you know. Just off the top of the dome, you know, just, you know, spitballing here. Maybe we should keep, yeah. But that's, so that is another thing that kind of, you know, uh, alluded to where they talked about was, um, you know, the players are going to be away from their families for this amount of time. And then they're going to have to be isolated, pretty much. They're going to have to go pretty much just, you know, act like puppets and not be around other human or any kind of human contract or contact and be on display through all this. And then also the, the moral dilemma of, yeah, they could be potentially getting all these tests done to make sure they don't have it when those resources could be allocated better to the general public for people that actually are showing, you know, it's a whole thing, but Deneau came out and said, uh, quote, some players could be away from their families three to four months, which I think is way too much. And I'm not the only one thinking that I'm sure. And apparently Tavares has voiced the same kind of concerns. And I think that is a, that's an aspect of returning to the to the season that I don't think a lot of people are really factoring in here. Because I think they're looking at the logistics of just, just dealing with um, COVID-19 as is. Just making sure that the players are actually able to return and play all together. But there is the human element of, you know, everybody's going through it. Uh, and now we're asking these guys to go through it in a random location away from everybody else and then also be really, really isolated. So no, I would assume almost no human contact outside of just going out on the ice and playing. I mean, it's like a business. So I feel like that's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's one way to put it. Yeah. So, and I mean, I don't, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, screaming about how they get paid that much and that's fine and everything, but I'm just, I feel like this is going to be, might be a pushback thing from the players, especially because, so the, the return of the play committee is looking at a few things. Um, 
that that we just went over um and then scott burnside he put the uh, this list together on the athletic um they talk they're gonna also talk about cities that could be hub cities so and we uh, just went over um the, the tsn update from a couple minutes ago uh burnside also lists the cities of columbus dallas and toronto along with quote perhaps a dozen or more nhl cities unquote as the places that could be deemed these uh, hubs to play in um toronto the, that's a hundred percent just like the Leafs, like elbowing just, their way in and going like yeah just to make sure like, hey, yeah. we matter still guys we're the most important franchise like it doesn't make i, I don't really know enough about where toronto is located as far as like the stadium and everything but that kind of seems like I, one of the more populated areas in canada to really stick these i guys. would say there's yeah there's a few people living in toronto i think this would be i think there would be a, a couple issues if they decided to go with toronto but i mean also like dallas is also not exactly the um not exactly a small city either well, but I think it, it is also depends on where the stadium's located though yeah i was gonna say because dallas is a little bit it's it's not in the heart of the city. It's a little more out in the open, but also it is, I don't know. I mean, I can see Columbus makes a lot of sense. It's, I mean, it's Columbus. I don't, <laughs> I feel like that could be an easy place to do it. Dallas, I guess there's really nothing. There's not too much going on in Dallas either. And I think another aspect, they, well, no, I was going to say, you might have to worry about fans traveling these places, but you don't, I don't think that's really going to be an issue for any of this. Um, but so, so Burns, I was talking about the hub cities. Um, another issue that the league is looking at is potential issues with home ice advantage. You know, if these teams are dubbed as the one of the hub cities, so let's say it is Columbus, Dallas, and Toronto, the league is all about making sure that everything is, you know, fair down to a T. In this situation, if those three clubs are able to use their own facilities, their own practice rinks, know the ins and outs of all the arenas, be able to, you know, stay in their general areas this entire time that is so somewhat of an advantage maybe we're thinking about this wrong maybe it needs to be ottawa detroit and maybe new jersey yeah. is in the mix yeah maybe new jersey <laughs> uh yeah i'm trying to think of other bad teams. oh i mean any team out in california you do uh with anaheim san jose and la probably anaheim anaheim's probably the least populated of those three well, right no, anaheim's basically the same space as la like a- LA no, and Anaheim no. are Anaheim's almost like, a suburb of LA. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, yeah, it's, it's right there. So, um, so those things. Uh, well, you the, drive everywhere. So the there's Emma, not a lot of people just walking around. Everybody's at <laughs> but, the beach also, or in their car. They're talking about the issue that you just brought up. Uh, they're talking about uh, testing players routinely, the training camp, and then the schedule. And then also, according to Freeman in Thirty One Thoughts, uh, he said he did have two players tell him that they would be uncomfortable with dealing daily testing if people who needed it more didn't have access. So alluding to what you had brought up earlier, and um, that's, you know, they're probably thinking the same thing too, and they probably would feel, probably some players would feel pretty guilty about that. If they're, it's also a PR disaster. Know, it would be a PR disaster. Yeah, that would be something they need to uh, figure out. And then also rattling off the shitty teams like Ottawa, the Red Wings, and New Jersey, another issue would be if they do come back to just finish the regular season, uh, that could be an issue to motivate these players. And I know everybody's assumption is, well, that's a huge issue with shitty teams anyway. Like Red Wings, Senators, and Devils players are having issues being motivated to play these games you know, in early March before everything got shut down. But there's a difference between toughening it out and finishing out a regular season in motion stopping every, compared to stopping everything for a global pandemic, perhaps shortening the season 
like Burnside made the example of 76. You and I talked about the 68 game rollback however long back yeah. and they wouldn't have to play games. But if they do 76 or a number like that, they would still have to come back and play four or five games. And you're doing that after Why? maybe being off the ice for the longest amount of time, like in their professional career. Cause again, it's been over a month now. It's been like five weeks. We're working on six weeks of I mean, the, um, you usually get the summer break, but sure. But I, I mean, they still can probably practice during that time. Sure, they can sure. still have access to rinks at that time. We're talking about literally not like the big, the big step forward now that they're hoping for is that teams can get back and practice together. And I, uh, it's a, you know, it's going to be hard to tell somebody on the Red Wings to go suit up, go suit up and play games in Columbus away from your family and everybody else. So you can finish out six games for the 2019, 20 Red Wings. That's a hard selling point. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, I think I, I would get being I like, don't, can we just forfeit these games? Let's just not play the rest <laughs> like, of the regular season. Like, I don't care. Yeah, like, I, just find a way for the teams that are on the fringe to get in. And guess what? If there's not going to be a home ice advantage, who really gives a shit about where you finish in the standings outside of matchups? Yeah. And so a part of the issue why, and the matchups is a huge issue, but also the why the league wants the regular season and the postseason to happen mainly the postseason, is uh, according to LeBron, it would be, well, I mean, and obviously it would be a huge financial blow. So I'm, gonna I'm share not interested in the regular season at all at this point. Like, as no, a fan, I, I don't I'm think not I'm interested in it. I just want to get to the postseason. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, but this is what LeBron said about the, um, about, like, the potential losses financially. Uh, aside from desperately wanting to award the Stanley Cup after having played 85% of the regular season, there's anywhere from $350 million to $500 million in TV slash media slash sponsorship revenue to be projected in hockey-related revenue if the playoffs can be completed. Now, here's the question I have. At a certain point, do the cost in staging the games at centralized sites eat too much out of those remaining revenues? There are a lot of extra expenses to pay for, including hotels, medical testing, etc. That's a question that hangs over all this. So... He laid out how much it would take to, uh, how much, what the financial repercussions would be if the league doesn't actually hold the postseason. But then he also, I think it's interesting, he kind of casts doubt on whether or not it's going to be worth it all. Like, it's interesting that he phrased it in a way of, like, is would it be worth doing it financially, setting all this up, the hub city, the hub cities, the testing and everything. I mean, I would say it, if I'm if I'm an NHL executive, I would say just for even having the the media exposure, if you're going to break even, like, I think it's worth it just because you yeah. have a chance of getting more eyes on the game, uh, potentially making fans out of people that weren't fans, because guess what? There's there's not much to do. Ain't nothing else going on. Man. Yeah. And everybody's yeah, already I mean, watched I'm... through most of their Netflix queue and that other yeah. problem we're going to see down the line is like media that would be made now is on pause. So you're going to see a delay in like TV seasons and movies later on down yeah. the line. But like, this is, if you're thinking like selfishly from an NHL standpoint, this is a great time to strike while the iron's hot. Like you can get in there and you can get some top notch exposure. And that's, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think if you're going to break even, Unless you're going to take a huge loss, I don't see a reason not to play the playoffs. Now, I think the regular season yeah. is just an insane idea at this point. Like, who cares? Find a way for the fringe teams to play a mini playoffs or something. But, yeah. yeah. Do that whole 2014 thing, maybe. 
that they were kicking around before. I'm okay with that too. It's just like don't play the regular season I, just I, for the yeah. sake of playing the regular season. Like I don't think most yeah. fans really care that much about it. I think I've, I'm sure other people feel the same way we do, but I've come to terms. You know, we're diehard hockey fans, but I think it's okay if they don't have an 82 game regular season this year. There's a little bit going on. Like this is a. I don't think when we look back on this, it's not another. It's not another fucking lost season where the league was like, mm, I don't know if we want to pay the players. Like this is a. There's a global pandemic and they're actively trying to get things ironed out. So if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I don't need to see where I don't need to see the Red Wings close out the regular season if it means somebody's dad or husband's going to get COVID and take it home. Like I'm fine with that. I don't need to. I don't need to do that. But I think the postseason is a different thing, and I think there are ways they can alter that so it can still be competitive and it won't feel like this year's champion is – it feels like the Stanley Cup won't be lessened at all if it's somehow handed out after all of this. Um, but the after the postseason, though, uh, talking about the 2020-21 season, um, and according to LeBron, the league might start in December. Uh, there's a possibility of delaying next season until December. It's been discussed. Uh, and LeBron has even had a couple team executives suggest a January start the next season. Uh, may not be all the cards, but a league source told him this week that would be pushing it. Which, you know, well, when has the league ever started in January, right? That would be really embarrassing if uh, that was to happen. No, it's never happened in the NHL, not once. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be, yeah. So, um, but... And if that does happen, if the league does start the season in December, apparently, uh, it still hopes to pull off an 82-game schedule, uh, according to the Brown quote, which would mean, as with the November start scenario, wiping out All-Star weekend, the bye weeks, shortening the Christmas holiday break, and basically tightening the entire schedule uh, matrix wherever possible. The result would push regular season into May and playoffs into July. So, again... Like I fucking called it, because I'm always right. Always. I knew wrong. this shit was going to fuck next season, and they were going to push it back. There was no way. Even with our ti- our positive timeline. I don't know if you remember talking about that. The night the league got, uh, put on pause, we were supposed to do it after the Flyers-Bolts game, and we came home and we were talking about it. And we were optimistic. We were saying an optimistic timeline of if all that shit got wrapped up in a month. So if they had started doing the cr- training camp in the middle of April, I still thought, we still thought, the game the season was going to be pushed back until november and now they're talking about starting it even later and now they're open to the idea of december so next season is going to be next season is just going to be weird too and again i really i i mean a 68 game season if you gave me a 68 game season and the stanley cup's hand in the middle of june and the drafts in late june in 2021 i'm fine with that because then that means everything is back on track again Like I, yeah, and I, I know the Two league. Weird seasons, I doubt the league's going to want to try and do to that. Normal. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I, you know, if we're seeing all this pushback right now for the, the rest of this regular season, the league's not going to just eat away 14 games of every team in the league next season. So I think that might be, an issue there, but. Um, Going more on about the late start, uh, two reasons for it, according to Brun, are the length of this season. Apparently, they're talking about taking as long as September or even October to complete these playoffs. Uh, and then the truncated offseason leads to December. And then pushing back uh, starts gives more time for the entire pandemic situation to just kind of, uh, I guess, get better overall. So hope maybe pushing it back a little things like the global reaction to the pandemic just the situation might be better overall maybe the number of 
new daily cases each day starts to decline rapidly or maybe they find a vaccine like all this type of thing all these types of things can happen if you wait a little bit longer i guess so that could be another reason why they would push it back even a little bit further but um that seems to be it's the big news surrounding the league right now so uh the possible startup of uh i guess the, the resuming of the season in the middle of may have the training camp and everything and then games start getting underway in june and then possibly pushing back the start next season until December. And then uh, the players are talking about, and they're listening to all the, the issues with it right now. They have the hub cities, which uh, I, as of right now, there's, they're not even throwing out like front runners for it or anything. So Hartford. it sounds like there's going to be a little research that goes in that. Fuck it. Hartford. Hartford. Quebec. Quebec yeah. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> Kansas City. Uh, let's just do all those fucking teams. Colorado. Kansas City. Uh, home of the don't Penguins. Don't put the Rockies in Denver. Yeah, home of the Penguins. Yeah, that's right. They should have been. It's fucking... I wonder how uh, I wonder how Mario's dinner was that night when he went out with the uh, Kansas City crew. Anyway, uh, so the, the... And also... <laughs> also, the uh, 2020 Helenka Gretzky Cup has been canceled. It's the uh, U18 tournament that happens uh, in August every year right before uh, the, the junior season's getting underway. It's one of the... the tournaments that they always reference when it comes to prospects and then um you and i both saw this uh george the rock apparently has come down with uh coronavirus he's he has it so uh we're wishing all the best for him i didn't see i didn't happen to see anybody any other former players or current players uh come forward with it but uh yeah i saw i did see george rock had it too which sucks and uh hopefully hopefully he's fine after all this and uh yeah that's that's all the coronavirus updates we have going on right now unless steve you got something you want to add you want to get you got two cents on uh i've heard that get... the cure to coronavirus involves just Uh-oh. bright lights nah, i got nothing just get some of that heat in it that's all this is sunlight all you gotta yeah. do that's why there's no cases in florida you get a spray tan yeah. and you don't have the corona boom that's it let's get going now yeah, let's get back out there Let's just get fucking into it. Let's actually. Quit. I heard the cure is let's just inject flyperbole into your bloodstream. Oh baby, you get double infected. I think it's what the, there's the. You should see a doctor immediately. Donkey sauce. So. <laughs> yeah, you just start screaming, donkey sauce, and all you see are just images of Jody Hall in your mind for hours on end. It's a horrible diagnosis. You I, could have our friend sorry, the man. rat bite the cure into you, but you're also going to get rabies <laughs> in the process. <laughs> Oh, our friend the rat. I hope he's doing all right. Think about him oh, often. He's doing great. He's, doing? <laughs> he's actually cousins with the source of the of COVID. But Craig, I do believe you have some other updates for us. Yes, I got a, I got a, I got some other updates. You want to? We got some. We do have some positive updates. It sounds like, at least for one uh, current flyer, uh, and that is uh, Oscar Limblom, uh, according Oscar to Adam. Boy. It sounds Adam Kimmelman and also assistant GM Brent Flair. It does sound like things are going Woo! very well for Oscar. Uh, according to Flair, uh, he said Tuesday that Limbaugh is nearing the end of his treatments for Ewing's sarcoma and will be able to start training and building back up again. Quote, he has to build up strength and stamina, make sure he's healthy. And with the pandemic going on, he's got to be extra cautious because of his immune system. A shot, but I'm grateful there's a poss- possibly but I'm grateful there's a possibility he can play again. That's a typo. Uh, he's a young guy that's going to be a tremendous player if he can come back for us. So we can expect so, him for the first game of the, the playoffs. 
Yeah, yeah. So this is a what everybody should read into with this is that Oscar will be uh, out with the team on the ice when everybody goes out uh, when the groups get back together in the middle of May, and he should be back for the uh, season on pause. So everybody get ready. <laughs> no, that's, no, don't I, be ready for. We're that. obviously we're obviously joking around. It's we're going to be ecstatic if he's ready for next. In season. in all seriousness, that is wonderful news. It is great to see Amazing news, yeah. Bob is doing so well because that was one of the big bummers of the season was when he got that diagnosis and he was having a great year. And then he got some of the worst news a person can get absolutely horrible news. And you know, it's, it's great that he's gotten such good care and he's, he's doing so well with everything. And we, you know, continue to wish Oscar, but nothing but the best. And you know, that's, that's fantastic news and a, a real nice ray of sunshine in these just really dark bleak days. Yeah, it is a, uh, I will say it is one of the few bits of good news I've seen uh, recently. Anything related to hockey, honestly. And uh, also, not to get sidetracked from that, but has it rained every goddamn day since we've been quarantined? Or is that just like up here in like warm? I feel like it's rained the last five days here. We had like one really nice day and then it's been like dreary the past two. But yeah, it feels like I, half the, at least half the days since the, the quarantine started have been pretty dreary. Yeah, I was getting, well, today it was pouring here for like five hours. So was, but anyway, that, but we're not focused on that. We're focusing on Limblon being our, our beautiful baby Swede and uh, the very sunshine hope in our, uh, in our existence here. And he seems like he's doing fine and he should be – he shouldn't be doing anything. He should be focused on getting healthy. And, uh, I mean, if we see him play again soon – or at all that'd be amazing and uh i'm looking forward and to by it. soon um, i mean within the next two years like even if yeah he doesn't know season, like you know when he's ready that's great uh and just the yeah. fact that again the fact that his health is at the point where we're talking about recovery and even talking about playing you know playing's a secondary goal here it is all about his health and it's all about his his long-term well-being and that's just great news yeah, it's amazing. Nice. Yeah, it really, it isn't because it was just, what was it? That was back in September, so or I mean uh, December. So we're looking at not even five months, and it's already now he's getting this news. So that that really is incredible for him. Um, and then the other uh, injured forward from the season that everybody wants to know about, uh, Nolan Patrick. Flair said that Patrick went home to his uh, hometown, Winnipeg, and is still recovering, uh, still receiving treatments to help with uh, the migraine disorder. Uh, Flair said he was hopeful. The unexpected time off could help be beneficial to Patrick, but there's no guarantee he'd be ready to help the Flyers when the season does return. So pretty much status quo on Patrick, which again, it I mean, it is what it is. It's still seems to be a touch and go situation and seems to be every day. Nobody is quite certain what, you know, how Patrick going to feel. So it sucks. I can't imagine that... the lights are ever on in that house. No, no, I, I mean, not at all. Like if I, I get no, a migraine, uh, just even the slightest amount of light is just it destroys me. So yeah. I, I can't even fathom with the the disorder to the degree he has how that, that even is. I was going to say, if yeah. you're going to be quarantined somewhere, Winnipeg really seems like the place to be. There's no parks, no airport, nowhere to go. They don't know about cell phones yet. They just learned about like TV shows in the 80s. So it's great. Uh, like One of the things that feels like it would be helpful for quarantine is just going back in time a little bit. And it feels like Winnipeg would be the uh, the right spot for that. But I do want to say... Uh, 
<laughs> They're gonna love it. <laughs> they they know they don't know Nolan Patrick's name though. So, uh, but I do want to say, you know, I'm a big baby and I bitch and moan about the uh, quarantine all the time. But I can't imagine going through all this with either a migraine disorder or you know fucking cancer. So uh, to Hopefully they're both healthy relatively soon. And um, yeah, I mean, it just sucks with Patrick because we can't really, and it's not, nobody has any control over it. It's just, we, we have no idea which way this is going to go from, uh, it sounds like at the moment. So, uh, but Lindblom is getting healthier. And then also one bit of uh, other news regarding the Flyers. Uh, Sandine finally signed. So uh, Lena Sandine, Linus Sandin, Linus uh Sandin? I don't know. I'm going to say all the names possible so we, we hit on the right one. So it looks like we've been saying it right the whole time. But uh, Sandin finally did sign. He signed his deal on Wednesday. We talked about it last Larry week. Larry Sands. He is the... <laughs> yeah, the... Larry Sanders. Larry, Larry Sanders. Sanders show. Yeah, the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> uh, but he is coming over uh, 36 points, 19 of which were goals in 51 games last season for HV71 in the SHL, Sweden's highest league. Uh, one year, next season, a uh, cap hit of 792500 and he's an RFA in 2021. Again, the scouting report, uh, if you listened last week, uh, Apple, Alex Appleyard of The Athletic and also Charlie in his write-up of uh, Sandine talk about how he loves to uh, go to the net, does a lot of work in the blue paint, which is what exactly probably one of the main things you want to hear about a player you don't know anything about. It's just he loves to go crash the net for rebounds and get goals like that, and apparently it's been working out. So, um yeah, so he signed. I did find, wanted to uh, shout out uh, for another show, Steve Outlaw at Mike Savage six ten on um, on Twitter because he found this Facebook comment on the uh, I, when I when it was reported that Sandine was going to sign with the Flyers last week. I wrote a scouting report about Sandine and then talked about uh, where he might fit into the lineup if they were to sign him. And apparently, somebody on the BSH Facebook page commented on that article uh, and put out. Quote, this likely means we will not see we will not be seeing our other Swedish forward next season. And then put four periods after that. So Kurt shout out, <laughs> not the uh, three other Swedes. Yeah, but like the but like what like there's not you can have as many Swedes as you want. This has no <laughs> this has no bearing on Oscar Limbaugh. What's this comment? No, Craig, Craig, you don't know about the Swede <laughs> limit. Like... That was part of the last negotiation yeah. for the collective bargaining agreement. I just, the CBA I just like clearly the states four Swede maximum. Just like the <laughs> Like the picture, like uh, like Sandine's putting pen on paper, and Fletcher's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, easy with those strokes. We don't want we don't want Gary busting in here." And then like Gary Bettman kicks in the door. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, uh, did you trade Oscar? What's the deal here? Oh, it's, this yeah, is the second suite." Seems like somebody oh, should take it either. Too many sweets. Too many sweets. Too many sweets. We should uh, we should do a in depth breakdown of that of too many cooks. As an episode of Fly Parabola, and at this point, I'm not I'm even gonna kidding. Have that could be. We do that. Uh, well, start ordering sleeping. How do you the sleeping pills? I don't know. Sleep sleeping mask. Pills. You'll figure it's it out. Well, whiskey, gonna... Craig. Be a man. Oh yeah, you're right. You drink until right. you black out. You wake up. Yeah. Well, wake it all up. Rinse, repeat. Be a man. Yeah, well, see, I don't sleep. You remember oh, that's that. true. You know you that about me. That's my, it's one of my pastimes is not sleeping, <laughs> so I wouldn't know anything about that. Insomnia <laughs> is a pastime. Yeah, one of my favorite things is just being up all hours of the night. It's fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's the news regarding the Flyers. That's the news regarding the uh, lake. And uh, now we're going to start talking about some random old prospects. So, uh, again, somebody else that tweeted at us, uh, a friend of the show, Cooper Barnes, at 
Koopa Loopa Double L. I like that uh, that handle. Uh, tweeted at me a Zach Ronaldo signature he had from years ago at the rookie camp for the 2008-2009 uh, season. And, uh, of course, you know, the Zach Ronaldo. Very nice. I know, bro. And I... I started looking at the uh, the rookie camp uh, book he had there of all the pictures and the old players, and he was tweeted out some of the some of the players are on that list, and uh, it's a real fucking who's who of guys that never did shit for the Flyers. A <laughs> uh, couple couple big names in there: um, Giroux, JVR, Patrick Roon, Lucas Spisa, Zach Ronaldo. Guys know all about them, but uh, there was also Andreas Nodal, Michael Radchuk, Kevin Marshall. John Kalinsky, John Kalinsky, John Krasinski, we talked about him. Oscars Bartulis, John Matsumoto, <laughs> Mario Kempe, RJ Anderson, who I think we mentioned last week. Back to back shows mentioning RJ Anderson. John Matsumoto Fucking... has a renowned restaurant in Philadelphia. <laughs> I think he might be in the next season of uh, The Sopranos going up here. So, uh, Frederick Cabana, well, actually, he might be on the next episode too. Uh, Josh Bayou, Mark Andre Bourdon, and Joakim Erickson. So, all these guys. Since there's nothing else going on, I decided to see what they're up to. And uh, again, a lot of these names, Drew, JVR, Patrick Maroon, Lucas Spiza, Zach Ronaldo, you know what they're up to. Some of these other guys, Steve Downey, we all know Steve Downey, but uh, he has not been involved in hockey since 2015-16. I mean, one could say uh, he hasn't been involved in hockey since like the year 2000. Finish it. Yeah, there it is. Nice. Two hands. Suck it, Downey. I hope you're not listening. Uh, Friend of the show, (laughs) Steve Downey. Friend of the show, Steve Downey. Yeah, just don't. Yeah. Don't deem a cam in us. And then uh, John Kalinske, he's been out of hockey since 2012, 2013. Again, I'm upset that, uh, you know, we didn't have the ability to podcast and have a timeline where we could treat John Kalinske like John uh, Krasinski. It'd be a whole thing. It'd be hilarious. You guys would have laughed. Uh, Andreas Nodal, second round pick in 2006, uh, is retired now after he played in the EBEL, uh, Austria's top league, last season. And then uh, Michael Radchuk, also picked in the second round in 2006 fucking all-star uh in his first season as an assistant coach with the buffalo thunder and the usphl the united states premier hockey league with the um, name rat chuck no, he would have been a legendary florida panther oh that is a good one i was gonna say or a fucking pest like if he was marshand and he had the name michael Ratchuk and he had that that beak and he was just going around being a rat on the ice that'd be our friend our friend the rat chuck the <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I do want to point out Nodal and um, my favorite Flyers Nodal. Lives Fight for Lives Carnival event is the Rat Chuck. <laughs> That's a pretty good one, actually. It's going to be at the first of uh, Fly Purple Games that we get together here. Um, Rat I'm Chuck in. and Nodal. I for the Fly <laughs> Nodal. Pin the tail on the Nodal sauce. was taken 39th overall in 2006, barely in the second round. Andreas Nodal. Remember how good Andreas Nodal was? Second round asset management. If uh, I think about somebody who's just below replacement level player, I think of Andreas Nodal. <laughs> that's the, yeah, I mean, that would be giving him some credit. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and Ratchuk. And Ratchuk was taken 42nd. So the Flyers had two, two picks in the late 30s to early 40s after they took Drew. And, and these were the, these were the fucking guys they hit. So they could potentially have taken at least one player that's still on the roster. And uh, there was Nikolai Kuhlman, Jeff Petrie, Milan Lucic, Armin Nisimov, our boy Steve Mason, and then Brad Marchand, speaking of, uh, speaking of rats, all there in the late second and early third of those drafts. And uh, Flyers landed on Nodal and Radchuk. So no revisionist history here. Just, just talking turkey. You're just getting facts out. Uh, Kevin Marshall, by the way, 
also on that list, uh, and speaking of missing out on the right player, uh, Flyers took him 41st overall in 2007. Common ref- commonly referenced on the show, PK, PK Subban taken 43rd in that draft. So two picked off of that. And then uh, also, I didn't see this. Our friend, uh, friend of the show, Colby Cohen, taken 45th also. A uh, defenseman taking four spots after Kevin Marshall. I think uh, I think he ended up playing 19, 20 games for the Avs one of those seasons a couple years ago. But Kevin Marshall, though, first season being retired. He had 13 points in 52 games last year for Dusseldorfer EG. Dusseldorfer. The DEL. This is the German uh, Germany's top league. Yeah, Dusseldorfer is. Uh, I enjoy that uh, the team name. Uh, Oscar's Bartulis uh, has eight points in 28 games with Dynamo Riga in the KHL this season. So Oscar Bartulis still playing relatively high-level hockey. I mean, it's defense in the KHL, so, I mean, that's a little bit of an oxymoron, but he is playing high-end hockey. Uh, Ryan Parent has been an assistant coach with the Binghamton Devils, the AHL team for New Jersey the last two seasons. Wow. Uh, your boy Matsumoto, 29 points in 52 DEL games this season, ended up playing 14 games in the NHL after his time with the Flyers organization, 13 for the Hurricanes, one for the Panthers, a.k.a. the Rats. Uh, he's taken in the third round of 2006. Nobody else is really there that I can go back and complain about. Uh, Mario Kempe, brother of LA King, Adrian Kempe, oh, and the brother left of the Sean Ontario Reign. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, uh, and Sean Kemp, yeah. So he, this guy can dunk, and we, the Flyers let him walk away. So it's really, it's a real fucking shame. Uh, but he left the Ontario Reign and joined uh, CSK Moscow in the KHL this season. Uh, he was a 2007 fifth round pick. Uh, he went 122nd, Jamie Benn went 129th, and Jake Muzzin went 141st. So, you know, it's a shame the Flyers can see that happening. RJ Anderson, uh, he came over in the Zhamnoff deal. He was the pick that the Flyers got on with Alexei Zhamnoff. Uh, he's now retired, hasn't played since the 2012-2013 season, never played in the NHL, 11 AHL games. Fourth round pick in 2004. Fedrick Cabana, 33 points and 50 uh DEL two games, so that's boy. below the DEL. Yeah, and uh, German forward taken in the sixth round, two thousand four. No Cabana NHL boy. games in one hundred and thirteen NHL games. That really is an amazing. I'm just upset he never panned out because that is a God. That is a, a prime name to always reference and go back. But you to. know, they, you know, so, what they uh, would have called him. They would have called him Cavi. Mm, mm, yeah, or Freddie or something. I know Cavi's like out there giving one hundred ten percent. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Uh, Josh Bowyer is a retired left winger. Philly took in the fifth round, 2005. No NHL games in 136 AHL games. Been out of hockey since 2015-16 as well. Mark Andre Bordone, not the first time we mentioned him during all of this. Uh, he's been retired due to the post-concussion symptoms that he had a couple years ago, back in 2014. Hasn't played since then. And then, uh, last but not least, Joakim Erickson, who actually did end up playing. A game with the Canucks back in 2013-14, and then spent time with the Utica Comets, Vancouver's AHL team in 2014-15. Seventh-round pick in 2008, uh, is leaving the SHL after four seasons, and will be with the Spenninger Wild Wings in the DEL in 2020-21. The DEL, by the way, they got some fucking team names there. I feel like they got, and I know they have the Hamburg Freezers. Like, they have every, almost every DEL team. It sounds pretty awesome, yeah. I think part of it is because the German towns and cities sound fucking awesome, and then they do awesome things like freezers or wild wings and things like that. So that's uh, that's where a bunch of random dudes oh, are. That's where the, so the I know... Polar Bears team was that uh, Freer and Drew played for during the lockout. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. The uh, I actually um, have Ice Baron. Yeah, I have one of their shirts. I, I have all the names up here. <laughs> oh yeah, go fucking like we got anything else to talk I think about? We go got ahead. Anything else to talk about? <laughs> all right, let me get these. I mean, let me get these back up. Yeah, there's. Uh, so we got we got Dusseldorfer Ichi, Ice Baron yeah, Berlin. Uh, uh, yeah, that was that Adler one. Yeah, that was the one that was. Which, uh, has like his this eagle logo and it says like Die Adler Mannheim Corner High, which is a shark. Yeah. We're learning German yeah. today, folks. This is great. This is great. I am remembering German. I should know this shit. I took it for a couple of years. Not the Roosters. There's a fierce fucking rooster logo. I think Mike York played for that team. I've seen that fucking logo before, and that rooster looks pissed. This, that rooster looks like he doesn't want to be playing hockey. This next logo is blowing my mind. It is the Krefeld Penguin, which is a uh, like this sneaky fucking penguin. I do not trust this penguin. <laughs> this motherfucker. Do you trust any penguin? Hell no. Thank you. Yeah, but this so is that like an extra that. sneaky penguin. Like This looks like Malkin's sneaky brother. I want to... We should... Once all this, once all the uh, coronavirus stuff is is cleared up, you and I, Steve, should take a trip out to Germany and just go to a a Penguins game and just yell "Crosby sucks" the entire time, and nobody will know what we're talking about. That's what I. That should be the first flight perfectly field trip. Is we go over there. What what is that town in Germany? What is that town in Germany where the the Penguins are? Krefeld. Krefeld. We'll just we'll go over there and we'll start Crosby like sucks chants and do stuff like that. Yeah. And people will be lost. So there you go. Money well spent. Strawbing Tigers. Thomas Sabo Ice Tigers. Can't get enough Tigers. <laughs> Fishtown Penguins. More which has like a yellow haired, like blue outline penguin. So a, we wait, got wait, wait, real... <laughs> There's so much oh, more. Okay, I was going to say ti- two Tigers and two Penguins already, though. Augsburger Panther. Schweninger Wild Wings, which looks like a Buffalo Wild Wings logo. Grizzlies Wolfsburg, which is really doubling down on the animals. <laughs> EHC Red Bull Munchen, which has a, a actual Red yeah. Bull logo. That they have, they might be up there for having some of the best logos for any any hockey league. I think we got. To be honest, they're all pretty wild. We got ERC Ingolstadt. The Hamburg Freezers. Hamburg Freezers. I can't believe there's not an NHL team named the Freezers. I enjoy the... the yeah, the Freezers is a pretty good one. Uh, I think because their logo used to be a scorpion. I think. I think our most disturbing logo is coming up, which is the Mosquitos Essen, or the Essen Mosquitos, which is just this really weird-looking mosquito with like a... <laughs> a pur- it's a purple, blue, and red mosquito. <laughs> And he's using a hot, like he's winding up for a slap shot, but it looks like he's he's taking it at bat. All right, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> they're all pretty. Wait, how many? How many? Goddamn we got more. We got there, more. We got the Frankfurt Lions. Straight, pretty straightforward. Right. Two tigers in one line. All the right. Munich Barons. I think that's is that a, another bear? Uh, it's just kind of like this, this like family crest logo. We have, this is the toughest one to pronounce in the entire list, and I'm going to do my best here. Revialon Oberhausen, which is like this crazy. It sounded good. Thank you. 
this crazy whacked out red and green lion with like a bite out of a hockey stick. Okay. It's really All weird. Right, sounds German, but also I, it and I don't know if what you said is correct, but it, it sounds, what you said sounds good to me. Mm. Not knowing what you said, but yeah. How about this name for you? Mad Dogs Munchen. <laughs> did you say Mad Dogs Munchen? Yes, I did. And it's a picture. So, like, you know, the, the Mighty Ducks logo is the duck-shaped, like, goalie mask. The old yes. Mighty Ducks logo, the yeah. better one. This one is a, a dog-shaped goalie mask. But I think it's an actual dog face. It's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, oh, yeah, we're not looking for any. We're not going to get any clarity I mean, on this, any of these logos art, or anything. This is art, 100%. I would go to the... <laughs> And finally, we have Rat Ratinger Loen, which is this lion coming out of a an orange triangle with a green background. I really hope this podcast never gets to Leon Dreisaitl, or he's going to be pissed at us Super for making pissed. fun of all these German names. Yeah, so. and you never you never but, want to make a German upset, in my experience. Yes, yeah. or actually, what am I talking How about? Could a German uh, be evil? <laughs> yeah, no, they've never been wrong out of history. I was thinking, of, oh, fuck, I missed the, the Parks and Rec thing last night, wasn't it? It was. I was. Th I thought of the fucking uh, Chris Pratt line where they were doing, uh, they did the United Nations thing, and they asked him what country he wants to be, and he's like, I want to be Germany. They've never been the bad guys. <laughs> he was talking about, like, D3 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to pick. Uh, Frederick Cabana, though, is probably going to be a little pissed, uh, a good old uh, German prospect. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast, heroes making fun of him. And then here's you making fun of the German people and their nicknames and their their mascots. I was very accepting of it and see if it was like, let's make fun of these people. Y'all heard it. So we'll deal with that at another time. Uh, but right now, you want to talk about these uh, broadcast rankings? Sure, we can talk about broadcast rankings. Well, why not? Yeah. I oh, mean, by the way, the I'm Simpsons glad... quote, to be exact, was, no one who speaks oh, German yeah, can be an evil man. <laughs> So good. So good. All right. It's the fucking, uh, it's the HBO again, right? I got to get the HBO pass for Simpsons. No, it's Disney plus <laughs> Disney plus for each, but, but then there's HBO max, which has God knows what on there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'm holding yeah, out I'll, for I'll, Showtime but... extreme. Ooh, actually that might actually sounds... be a Showtime channel. Now that I think about it. Um, there's, I think they're, they, they got a Showtime thing, don't they? Yeah, but like, here's the thing. There's, there's HBO Go, there's HBO Now, mm -hmm. but now there's HBO mm -hmm. Max on top of that, which oh, is a separate shit. thing than all those other two things. Is that like where you get to create your own HBO show? Is that what HBO Max I think is? So, yeah. You can watch shows wherever you want, and they're like, if you don't want to direct something, you want to go if back you get and... to make pitches to like, <laughs> make pitches to like the creators of The Wire and uh, the creators of Game of Thrones, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, if I want HBO Max, I can go back and, uh, alter a couple of these episodes of the uh, Sopranos, you know, just get in there and alter all the timelines and everything. But yeah. anyway, the awful, the, the announcing, the announcing, awful announcing uh, put out every year. They rank the NHL broadcast crews. And uh, I like to look at it because I hate the Pittsburgh broadcast crew. Um, I don't even know the new guy. It's Steve Mears. I think the guy who used to be on NHL network and it's still Bob Beer. Bob Beer is still there giving his subjective analysis, but I know I hate them and I know they're bad. But I want to make sure that everybody else notices they're bad. And also, everybody collectively hates the Bruins. Like like Jack... Uh, um, oh my god, what the hell is his name? Um, Edwards. 
Jack Edwards, yeah. Jack Edwards and uh, Andy Brickley. The the Bruins broadcast crew is fucking biased and annoying as as hell, too. So it's nice to see that they rank those two. Uh, the, put the Bruins 31st and the Penguins 30th on this list. And then they rank J.J., Keith Jones, and Bill Clement 7th. And I thought that was pretty... I knew I like them. I feel like they're... You know, J.J. and Jones are a little... And Bill Clement, obviously, are a little... Uh, little biased see just a little just a hair that's the thing though i think but like i i know that every home team is biased but i still think but you haven't really listened to the other ones so that's the thing at the end of the day right it's like you don't know how biased the other ones are in comparison well so that's the thing is the athletic also did um nhl broadcast rankings recently and i remember oh all right i'm trying to pull those up now but i remember the the flyers were somewhat around the same area as far as that goes. So uh, apparently on a national spectrum, they're not as egregious as a, say a Jack Edwards or anything. And and the thing is the the flyers do have, um, I I think JJ does such a great job at moving the game along and, and really being a top notch announcer, raising that excitement level wherever he needs to Clement, I love when Clement gets loopy. I don't know how other people feel about it, but when Clement <laughs> gets really weird, I'm all all about it. I guess I should like JJ and Keith Jones too are very good at actually breaking down, like breaking down what's happening. And Jones does have good insight, and JJ does have a really like he does have a good broadcasting voice. Like you could it, it you could listen to his voice and not be watching and kind of get a really good picture of what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they're, pretty... <laughs> yeah they're, they're pretty good. I just wanted to bring the light, uh, though. You know, the, again, the Penguins and Bruins suck, and the Flyers are, are pretty I just good. Miss Coates is if Coatsy's back, they're number one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, do you have the... I forget who is... Uh, I think it's the Stars crew is number one. Yeah, I'm trying to pull um, up the... Because the Daryl Ray is really good. ...one still right now, and I'm having a little trouble finding that. But yes, yeah. so the stars were one and the blues were two on the awful announcing one. I like both those. I like Kelly a lot and Darren Pang's good for the blues. And then I like Daryl Ray a lot. Daryl Ray is like the best. I, he does a great job of color. So, uh, but yeah, you get that. Uh, you get that. Um, I'll get a, I'll get the game I got on deck uh, up and ready here. Well, and so. I think, so the other thing about, I don't know if I'm going to find this this athletic one uh, like I wanted to. But the other thing about that is the I think the athletic one was rating the the overall uh, the overall presentation with the announcers, but also the graphics. And I think people's problems weren't so much with the broadcast team for the Flyers, but just like NBCSN maybe being outdated as far as. uh, uh, some of their presentation goes oh so they went with like the actual like overall presentation but they joke. did talk about the announcers the announcers were definitely part gotcha. and i think jack edwards was one of the the dead last uh factors there oh, so yeah. the bruins crew was one of the last ones yeah well what, they both like uh yeah if the they're factoring in the other aspects of like the broadcast too like the bruins and the penguins should still be yeah they should still be at the fucking bottom because at&t and fucking um and Nesson aren't exactly great when it comes to, I feel like they're still choppy and kind of behind the times when it comes to some of their graphics and everything. Like it looks like it's from the late nineties or early two thousands. So I guess that, yeah, that does make sense. But what's important is that, uh, 
Yeah. You know, everybody loves JJ, I think is what we're looking for. We all love JJ. We're trying to make sure oh, that everybody yeah. else also likes uh, yeah, I, I did find that. it, by the way, so I'm just going to scroll this real oh, quick. Oh, baby. Okay, so the, uh, the yeah. Bruins were dead last in this one. <laughs> and what they did was they, they had the fans rank what they thought of their own and then they they kind of went with also national rankings on that so like non-local they were dead last and local they only ranked like 27th oh my god <laughs> damn yeah that is pretty uh, Flyers were... let's look it up i gotta do some scrolling i feel like they've got to be top 10 if they weren't top 10 they were just know. outside of it um yeah. Also, I mean, if we're also if we are talking about overall presentation again, I feel like the pre and post game shows got better for reasons. And then also um, they added in. Well, they had. I mean, they did have Tarion on the ice for a while. I forgot that they had a they had Tarion on the ice before. Uh, the Flyers uh, were fourteenth in this one. Aaron Hatcher, fourteenth. Okay, yeah. still. Not like one of the worst in the no, league. No, no, not even close. Um, and yeah, then they had so. at number one, I think they had, oh, they had the Hurricanes at number one. Okay, yeah, John Forsland's pretty good. And then the Stars number I, two. I love John Forsland, yeah. yeah. Yes, Daryl Ray's very well, good. What, yeah. what I thought was interesting is a lot of the newer franchises or less, like, what people would say are less dedicated, but I would say just, like, less experienced. Like, people who haven't been hockey fans, you know, for generations back the newer franchises or the ones that have been around less time are the ones that are trying harder to innovate and do different things. So that's really why I think they end up near the top because they have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. And, um, you know, like a city like Boston, maybe they don't exactly need to do that type of thing (laughs) because people in New England are probably just going to watch. Well, it's the same thing with the Penguins, right? The Bruins and Penguins fans are going to watch regardless. Uh, well, yeah, I guess well, now. Yeah, I just think watch is different than actually attend games. Spending money and investing, yeah, real time, yeah. That's yeah, that's true. That's a little different. So yeah, that, that's uh, that, there's some good points. Uh, and who else was you? I thought I saw Pat never Foley was Kansas up City. at the top of the. Uh, was never forget Kansas City. Yeah, never forget. No, we won't. And uh, they all know about. They all know about Kansas City too. So can always hold that over their heads uh you want to do did you want to do the other thing that you suggested for the uh, the online here oh yeah yeah uh, options I, yeah. I could pull this up real quick so uh fanatics the the site that i've always said nothing but complimentary things about <laughs> their quality merchandise it, it's, it's not great uh but they are doing a good thing right now where they do they're doing this all-in challenge where they have these auctions that people can win and some of them are auctions. Some of them are just like you kind of get a raffle. And this was I had heard about this initially because Eric Lindros is doing one for the Flyers, which is awesome. And I would love to try and participate in that. But I do not have twenty thousand dollars just lying around. Unfortunately, I know I make those big podcast bucks, but they're not quite twenty thousand yeah. dollars to yeah, don't, 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 with Eric Lindros kind of money. Yeah, don't don't get our numbers out there. We don't need them to know how many how many figures we got. <laughs> There's my figures locked up. But now. it's a cool charity effort. And, you know, like there's a lot of cool things on here, like warm up with all-star Joel Embiid and sit courtside in a Sixers game. They're uh, giving away a game used mask. By giving away, I mean, you're bidding $34,000 for <laughs> a Henrik Lundqvist game used mask, that kind of stuff. Uh, the Lindros one sounds really cool. Like there, there's some great stuff. Uh, 
but at the end of the day, also like, you know, I can't afford a lot of this, but what I could afford, and it was something that was brought to my attention due to uh, things we talked about on the show was appear on diners, drive in and dives with Guy Fieri. What? Wait, that's a, how much is the, I, uh, what's a bid? So for? It, that one's not a bid. That's like more of a raffle. And oh. I did enter that one. And I think I entered it for uh, measly 10 bucks. So I get 10 chances for 10 bucks. So Hell yeah. cross your fingers, Flight fans, you could see uh, Steve Jaco with Guy Fieri's Fieri. I'll learn how to pronounce it when I meet him. Uh, Flavortown Experience. I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but if you could get on there, that would be huge for the both of us. I feel like that would be a huge thing for the podcast. So no pressure, but just win this fucking raffle. And then we'll be uh, made in the shade. We'll never have to work again. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's how it works yeah well that's how i start my my career going around just tasting food in different places and talking about it on the food network this is this is a hundred percent a dream job for me just going around going really, yeah. shoving chili dogs in my face going it's good it just be the apprentice to uh guy fieri yeah, yes I like the picture like a montage of like you and him going all the same like shitty like dive bars across the country and at first you're like you're trying all these foods and you're like yeah, it's all right. And then, like, he's just shaking his head. And at the end, you're wearing glasses with, like, spiked blonde hair, like, eating a bowl of chili. And you're like, no, that's good. That's the best chili I've ever had. And he just nods. And he's like, he's made it. He's learned. I would love nothing <laughs> he's more now than to be Guy Fieri's fat-ass Padawan. <laughs> and you're this close. You're so, so close, close to winning this raffle and leaving me in the dust and just touring the nation with Guy Fieri to slam home all the chili burger bowls or wherever the fuck you guys would go around. I don't even know. I'm just upset thinking about it. So that's fine. Go ahead and leave me behind. I got to get, you want to answer these questions? I got to get there. So I just wanted to mention also though, oh, yeah, there, were, yeah. there were some other ones though, that like kind of cracked me up and I'm just trying to find one in particular that got me. I saw one, the one I saw that I thought could have been a little interesting was interesting was the, uh, there was one was like, work with the Vetchkin from his office or like see practice with a Vetchkin from his office, which I think it means like you get to go sit, stand out on the ice with him and like stand there and like class one timers from the, like where he does the power play. It sounds dangerous. It sounds fucking it awesome. Sound fucking like I would awesome. love, yeah. love to stand like just five feet behind where he lines up for those shots and then not be able to catch the puck a hundred times when I watch him shoot into the net. So <laughs> I mean, you've got like, Justin Bieber sings one less lonely girl at your house. That just sounds awesome. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. How much is that? Going That's for? one of the ones that you just enter. You can enter for like 10 bucks. Oh, the raffle. Yeah, it's a raffle. Just right. so Justin Bieber could just show up at your house and just like, imagine it. My, my cramped South Philly row home. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I want to see like, him. Can you sing from the recliner? <laughs> and he's got to show up to like some fucking studio apartment. He's like, uh, uh man, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> I guess I'm doing this. Can you, can you stand back a little bit? I really can't. There's just not enough room. <laughs> Others oh, meet Snoop Dogg plus shopping spree plus LA Lakers and Chargers sweet tickets. I wait, Snoop would buy you stuff. I'm assuming, but like, right. is it, that's a raffle is it that like you, it's Snoop's recommendations. Like he's just buying you stuff. Like you're not saying what you want. He's just like, now nah, that, that, that. <laughs> he's just taking you grocery shopping. Is all you're just. He's just pointing at things and you're and you're buying them. That's what yeah, this is. That's exactly he's what just, it is. Yeah. 
That's all that's happening. There's styling and profile. This one's an auction. Is styling and profiling at WrestleMania with Ric Flair? Right. I mean, if you're a wrestling guy, that's that's kind of the dream right there, right? Yeah, I was going to say, we should tell, uh, I wonder if Bill knows about this. I don't think, should get does him Bill on. have $32,000 lying around? I'm going to assume he does. We'll hey, say he does, Bill, yeah. You, wanna... you, can't, you can't keep those those lux- those luscious locks up <laughs> cheaply. It's not a cheap procedure. Uh, so what else do we have? We have join Kenny Albert in the broadcast booth for an NFL, MLB, NHL, and NBA game. You, wait, you had to do all four? That sounds like a punishment. <laughs> That's Kenny Albert's life. They should pay me to go sit next to him to watch like a Giants game and then watch him pretend like he's not being extremely biased. <laughs> I don't need to fucking hear that. I don't need to hear four games of that guy. The ultimate. Well, how about the ultimate AI experience, which apparently has already been won for $25,000. But here's the thing. The ultimate <laughs> AI experience does not feature going to either Han Dynasty or TGI Fridays with Alan Ivory. <laughs> and that sounds like a complete friggin' ripoff. Wait, is it just like he'll drain threes over you or like he'll do this, the Tyrone Lee step over? Oh, I, like what's the I Alan Iverson experience? I would pay $25,000 to have Alan Iverson do Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if I would pay 25000 to either get the Tyrone Lee step over or like the, the time across up Jordan. To, I think, to recreate either of those, I think that would be... That'd be worth the so price. So the Iverson experience here, you play horse against him, best two out of three. That's not, yeah, that's okay. I, I would actually None I would of that pay twenty five thousand dollars to watch you lose in horse to Alan Iverson. <laughs> um, you get to design this doesn't feel like you get to design a sneaker at Reebok headquarters, which is pretty cool. Okay. And then yeah. uh you get a private tour of the Allen Iverson conference room at the Sixers training complex. And you get to present the MVP award at the Allen Iverson Round Ball Classic. But frankly, you're not getting the real Allen Iverson experience if you're not going to TGI Fridays at one in the morning and getting trashed. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like, that doesn't feel like, I don't feel like AI, like they weren't like, AI, what do you think you can do for these people? He's like, let's do some horse. I don't think that was the first thing AI said. I think the sneakers thing is probably something he suggested and then a couple of these other things. But like, if if we're getting an AI experience, I want want to actually hang out with ai so i don't think that's what they're selling here how about okay this might be more your style then how about ride in style with dennis rodman in miami okay i'm listening i don't even i don't even know what i would do with dennis like i don't even know what he would have on tap start out by joining dennis rodman on the burger fi lamborghini hyperboat that's that's five words (laughs) that don't make sense together you said boat after you I said, said Lamborghini? Burger, is that what you just Lamborghini said? Lamborghini Hyper Boat. Okay. Yeah, so I'm already lost. I know what all of them mean. Maybe not Phi. None of them make sense together. It's a real, yeah, it's a real mismatch of words there. Wait, so after that nonsense, what's the, is that another raffle too? Yeah. No, no, that's an auction. That's an auction. It's currently $14,000 to... That's within Ride range. Ride in style with Dennis Rodman, which again I would pay That's... to see Craig Forsyth ride in style with Dennis Rodman. I I'd hang out with Dennis Rodman for under twenty grand. There, I said. Oh, it. I'm just oh man. Out there. <laughs> so I just gotta find this one other sucker that's laying down fourteen grand. And uh Craig, how about this yeah, one for you? But... Pitch Walmart executives on your business idea. I'm well first of all, if I'm doing that, I'm going to Shark Tank. You know I got to get in business with the cubes. See, this is Secondly, what I want. I, I want a actually... Shark Tank experience on here. 
Sharks. Yeah, that's exactly all I want. Get undressed is, by yeah, Mr. Just... Wonderful on national TV. <laughs> $12,000. Tell the Cubes that all the Mavericks players will like your shitty invention that nobody will buy on stage. Like, that's what I want. I want to, if I could buy eight grand to hear Mark Cuban say I'm out, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. I would buy that Absolutely. right now. Uh, okay, I have the Sharks. I have the ultimate one. We're going to start a GoFundMe just to get people to send us to this. Meet the Domies in Montreal and score Bauer equipment. I am not going to get people to pay money for us to go out there and get our asses kicked. What are no, you talking about? No, we have, we, have, we have an ace in our back pocket. We're going to bring the guy who fought Ty Domi back in the day. Hell yeah, dude. He might listen. We might have to figure out what Chris Falcone is doing right now. Chris Falcone, if you're listening... <laughs> Actually, no. Please. That's uh, that's, what is... the, that's what that's who we have to get to win this. We have to get the go funding <laughs> and send Chris Falcone to meet Ty Domi. <laughs> Can you imagine them like somebody calling him up like after he wins it unknowingly, and he's just like, "I want what? I'm going where? Oh hell yeah! Who am I meeting? <laughs> what is happening? Throws on his fl- throws on his orange and black, and oh, it's go time." <laughs> then it becomes a charity boxing tournament. <laughs> oh, these man. are all I, real, by the way. A, I have not made any of these up. All real. On a serious note, though, can I be honest with you, Stephen? Everybody listening, I don't want to fucking hang out with the domies. You would have—I don't even know how much money you have to pay me to hang out with the domies and look at their faces IRL. Like, I don't want to do that. Who is doing that? Who actively likes both the domies? Well, then, Nobody. how about you do a private wine tasting dinner? With Charles Woodson. Okay. I don't know why I didn't leave with that. (laughs) Or NHL Custom Motorcycle by Orange County Choppers. I mean, that's... We all know you love motorcycles, Craig. I'm still waiting for them to really slip in a really random athlete. Like, go grab a bologna sandwich with Cam Atkinson. Or, like, somebody that's, like, just on the cusp of, like, being not known by anybody. (laughs) Eat a burrito with Craig Council. Like, really random athletes from the past that nobody fucking cares or knows about. Get ripped with Rico Bronia. (laughs) Watch a couple cars with Tony Kukoc. See where it goes. Tony (laughs) Kukoc. What about about Uh, dinner, drinks, and movie screening in the home of M. Night Shyamalan? This is real. Uh, oh my god! Uh, well, I mean, first of all, if I was to win that, it would need to be a thing where I could choose out the movie because the assumption would be they want to watch them. M Night. No, and Night, I will Night put on is some choosing movie. his the movie that is the inspiration for his entire career, which God only knows. Uh, yeah. See, I was I was gonna say I would want to win that and then put on a movie that makes like no fuck it, like go to his house and be like, all right, let's watch Anchorman let's watch or like something school. that would just like <laughs> yeah, like just your <laughs> how much do you think the m night Shyamalan experience is going for right now so you're actually watching the movie with him at his yes. place dinner and drinks and uh, movie screening in the home of m night Shyamalan, which for us is not a far ride at all because he lives in pennsylvania i want to say i feel like it's got to be more expensive than is it more expensive than hanging out with rodman yes Okay, seventy thousand. It's not that expensive. It's twenty six thousand. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was. I thought it might be more than some of the athletes, but twenty six. Okay, twenty six thousand again. Doable. But again, I'd rather go drive around that non existent thing you said with Dennis Rodman and go 
I don't even know what Dennis Rodman would do. I don't know. That's the thing. Fight aliens? Like, I don't know what he does in his free time. $14,000 like, seems, like, seems like a steal. <laughs> like, yeah, that honestly, sounds like real-life yeah. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, one night with Dennis Rodman. There's no no curfew. You guys go out and do whatever you want. $14,000 to go see what Dennis Rodman does in the night. I, I mean, that's probably the best thing on here. That, How about a catering lunch with Barry Bonds? Plus, you win his 575th home run bat, cleats, and gloves. <laughs> I'm good. You're good. Are you sure? Very, but I feel like I feel like that whole lunch would just be maybe I'm like trying to get him to just talk about steroids. That's all that would be. Holy shit! I missed this one before. Brent Burns' 420 acre Texas ranch life experience. Uh, okay. Let me. Is that a raffle? No, that is an auction. That is thirteen thousand three hundred dollars okay. currently. How? Wait. How is Dennis Rodman barely beating out Brent? Well, I guess it's the same kind of element. I mean, just Brent Burns, you, get, you, what it's you like. can swim yeah. in the pool overlooking the Texas mountains, archery, barbecuing. Brent will prepare meals for the winter with food sourced from his ranch, which actually sounds wonderful. All right. that, all, that all sounds pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I bet Brent I Burns a cool guy, but that's a good time. I think I, I think didn't know he had like a 420 acre Texas ranch. They made like a huge. I remember seeing that because they did like uh, they did something for it last year where some kind of crew like went around and was just like showing off his home and he was hanging out with those. I thought that happened. I may be making all this up, but I just when that was like a thing that they did because they were in an outdoor game or something. The Sharks were last year. All right, but I'm gonna who, do who I'm gonna know? do two more and call it a night on this one. But <laughs> Turks and Caicos vacation with Deshaun Jackson. Okay, all right. Jackpot. <laughs> all right. <laughs> What's, wait, hold on. The, the uh, only problem is that 30. Deshaun's there for the first day of the vacation, and then he disappears for the rest of it. <laughs> 30, 37,000. 30, no, it's uh, 17,000. Oh, okay. Still feel like there should be more than, than Robin, but anyway, what's the last one? The last one? one I wanted to mention to you. <laughs> oh, God. It's uh, 18 holes of golf. With Charles Barkley in Philly. Get the fuck out of here. $22,000 current bid. You, two friends, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. One Swing and a golf epic club. round of golf, drinks, and fine cigars. Does that sound like something you've always dreamed of doing? Charles will be taking one winner and two guests golfing with it. Three people. Three people to watch Charles swing the golf club in public. That's <laughs> on a course I mean, in or near Philadelphia, PA. <laughs> I guess it's like you just drive around <laughs> to each course, going like, "Hey, can you squeeze us in today?" <laughs> hey, it's Charles Barkley. Can we play golf here right now? <laughs> I wonder at what point though, because his—I mean, his golf swing is still ass, right? Or did he all of a sudden? It's terrible. Okay, I'm sorry. So, you, have to, you can't talk about Charles Barkley. And not no, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Ern. Uh Like, do you think the novelty of like laughing at how bad his swing is, if that runs out after like five holes, then you got thirteen holes of just an angry Charles Barkley drinking and cursing like, at you the whole. Like, like I don't know how much fun that like, would be. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. He's well, just like, oh, come charity, on, Charles. He, yeah, it's just like cursing the entire time. He's in yeah. fourth, and he's just. <laughs> <laughs> He's just pouting, and you're like, oh, God, Charles Barkley's going to murder me at the end of this. 
Which, I mean, if you do end up getting murdered by Charles Barkley... Great story. Kind of makes the experience... Yeah, it's the experience makes the experience worth it. You won't be able to tell anybody the story, but it was a great well, story. A, so. you know, when you get to heaven or hell, that's what you say is, uh, how'd you get here? Charles get Barkley. Him. Wow, it's a great story. <laughs> God's like, all right, come on in. Great job. Great yeah. job. <laughs> all right. That's, uh, this is pretty... Uh, if you guys win any of these uh, auctions, let us know. So then you can uh, sponsor the podcast. But also, we want to know. It's a very interesting... Uh, some of these yeah. uh i want to see who wins that's these. The, the fanatics all <laughs> in challenge and there, there are some very, very cool stuff a lot of philly stuff too if you're only interested in uh philly stuff i think there's an eagles one where you can like design a play so you can just philly special it up Ooh, so, so some very cool that. stuff and it's all going to charity so it's uh providing food to those in need kids elderly and frontline heroes so uh good stuff definitely a good cause to support i do uh to make uh to make light of the going on here again i do want to i would want to win the play thing with the eagles and then just make the play uh once there was an interception or like something that would be actively negative for the team and they're like ah, they did win the contest so let's turn the ball over here that'll be what i want to do anyway just I got jalen, a game hurts, first, jalen hurts jalen hurts <laughs> yeah that's the play put in jalen it's hurts. a triple uh, flea flicker jalen hurts to carson wentz to jalen hurts to carson Net negative 28 yards on the play, but I call it the play, so I'm pretty pumped about you it. You better believe this uh, is a safety. Steven, do you want to guess uh, You want to guess some old Flyers numbers here? This is my game of the week for you. I got six Flyers in the past. want to play a game? Yeah, let's do it. And I think you, I, I try not to go too random, even though the first one is pretty random. But I think you, I think you, you have a chance at all this. All right, so you ready? Yeah. David Laliberte. Now, I said he was the most random one, so... Oh, man. He's definitely the toughest one on here. So I'm guessing his number? 2009-10 season. Yeah, you're just guessing what number he wore for the Flyers. He was mentioned a couple times. I forget why he was mentioned. Uh, somebody, I think it was NAK, scored two goals. No, somebody scored... For some reason, they were talking about David Alberti a bunch this this season. They mentioned him twice. I forget what the stat was, and it's going to drive me crazy now. But so came up. Uh, what year? Did, what years did he play with the Flyers again? He was on there for one season, I believe, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Did he wear fourteen? I believe it was only. He did not wear fourteen. What, kind of what close. Did he wear? Or number nine. Number nine. Number nine. nine. That is it. So that is again. That is the toughest one. Really random one. From 2015-16 season, Evgeny Medvedev. It's the only flyer in franchise history to wear this number. Was it? it was a weird one, right? And yeah, because it, it was a weird one. Was it 59? Higher. What was it? Although 59 is a good guess, and that is a free. Uh, 82. Ah, that's right. That's right. Real uh, random. Okay. Wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> yeah. More, it's a little bit of an L.J. Smith action or L.J. Smith action going on there. Tori yeah. Smith. Uh, oh yeah, fuck yeah, Tori Smith would be the better one because he actually L.J. Smith shit in the Super did uh, throw a touchdown to Freddie Mitchell by fumbling it forward, though. <laughs> that is right. He was the reason why that play happened. <laughs> These hands. Uh, number three, Mark Andre Bordeaux. Shared a similar number with another another Flyers defense we talked about quite a bit last week. Um, also, the number of a former Flyers goalie uh, back in 2007-08. Uh, 
uh, goalie they got from the Sabres. Forty-two. Uh, the, oh, take one more guess. Forty-three. Forty-three. Ah. There you go. Forty-three. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't. That's pretty close. I think I was thinking of Ash. Ash had forty-two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bron- I was I was going for Braun, and then I knew I you were going say, for Braun, and away. I. I was again they're very close. Yeah, they're yeah. So I was gonna give you a Van Beesbroke uh, hint of the reverse number, but anyway, you got all right, one for three, one for three. Uh number four. Good old one balls, uh Patrick Thorson. What number was he? God damn it. The, you... Shared a shared a similar number. This is a random one actually, by the way, so my bad. Shared a similar number with uh well, another a Flowers Captain. And also a recent, somewhat recent Flyers captain, and a uh, defenseman that everybody hated, that we actually talked about again last week, <laughs> and uh, we determined was a fine mobile blue liner. Uh, also had uh, what other number? Who else wore this number? I can't really think of another guy to tell you right now that wore this number. Oh, Jesus, yeah, single so there you go, Patrick. Double digits, fourth liner for the Flyers back in 2007-08. Cameron from the Oilers, uh, penalty killer, fourth line with Jim Dowd and Sam McCaffinen. It was one of uh, one, four, 16. Can I tell you, wait, wait. Uh, think of recent, yeah, recent Flyers captains. Uh, the one, he was a, uh, I can't even think of another way to give you a hint here. As soon as I say it, you're going to know it. Like, if I tell you one of the players that he yeah, had. Yeah, if you tell me the player, sure. But I... Was it 20? Close. It was uh, Keith Primo. Oh, uh, so 25. Yeah, 25. Yeah, so uh, my bad. That was, that was a random one. I forgot to put him in here. Okay, so the next two. Yeah, you, you, this is all intentional. <laughs> to make you look yes. bad. This is all bringing you down. 100%. Number five, Sandy McCarthy. Was that 21? 21. There you go. See? Santa McCarthy have it's a second. I can visualize him punching someone Bouncing in the face. back. See? Yeah. Well, you can't. You don't picture Patrick Thorson in pain on the ice, rolling around, wondering what, you know, what's going on. I blocked out, my friend. I don't blame you. Yeah, I still have. I'm still pissed about them not blowing the whistle early on that. That's right. I'll begrudgingly hold that forever because it was a cap series. But anyway, last but not least, friend of the show, Ben Eager. Scored a goal in game two of the Stanley Cup final. That motherfucker. <laughs> ben Eager. Double digits. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else has worn this number here. Was it in the 30s by any chance? Higher. 40s? Higher. 55? 55. There you uh, go. I, I can kind of picture Eager, too. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, eager. I mean, there's somebody who wore 55, and it wasn't very I'm good. To... Yeah, I was trying to think. It wasn't. Um, I don't remember. I know somebody else wore 55. Oh, Samuelson. Oh, that may have been way back. I thought he was still five, though. Well, I feel like when he was on the Flyers, he ended up wearing it may have a been. different number. I'm gonna look this up. I. I always forget that Ulf Samuelson even played for the Flyers, to be honest. But Yeah, no, that was, yeah. That was, it was one season. Oh. One season he played for the Flyers when he was 35. He played 49 games. How many points did Ulf Samuelson score in the 99-2000 season for the Flyers? 
49 games? 49 games. Five. You're very close. He scored three points, one goal, and two <laughs> assists. What a fucking... <laughs> and yes, he did. He wore 55 with the Flyers. He wore five okay. with the Whalers, Penguins, and Rangers. Oh, and then uh, he wore did two Danny with Markov Detroit 55 and 55 with the Flyers. And I think Danny Markov did as well. Okay, that's who I, I think I might be thinking of. I think Markov was. I'm looking that up as well. He did. He did. Okay, so that's probably, yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah. So I remember, right, Markov down next time. Uh, Dennis Telpeko, another random flyer from 2007 08. I'll put him on here for uh, uh, for number 53. So, uh, but all things considered, it was a pretty good round. Hey. Considering these were still a lot more random than I all thought. All right, Craig, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one back at you and say, oh, let's, yeah. let's, let's get some other players who've worn 55 for the Flyers. Okay. Oh, God. So, wait, wait, wait. Just because there's some recent guys. All right. One of them... So, these guys have all been mentioned on Flyperbole under quarantine as well. Oh, fuck. In recent weeks. Uh, one of them we mentioned on uh, Monday night slash Tuesday's Flyperbole under quarantine. Uh, played under 100 games. That was the theme of the show. Was there recently? Uh, this guy played, I think, in 2010 for the Flyers. <laughs> and he... Okay, one more hint. His name could be abbreviated to three letters. Oh, uh, old Christian Tolson. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was the last one I got, man. Okay. Yeah, fucking, I forgot he was 55. Yeah. This guy Damn. played for the Flyers in 2015, 16, and 17. But it feels like much longer than that. And it was uh, number fifty-five. Yeah. Oh, uh, Nick yep. Schultz. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He was fifty-five. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one to wear it, uh, Samuel Morin, wore it. Oh, before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of liked him in I think... that fifty-five. Yeah, Nick Schultz was, I think, oh, the more shit. recent guy I was thinking oh, of. There's a couple other good ones here. I found the whole fifty-five page on. On hockey reference. Oh, baby. All right. Um, and uh, for the Flyers? <laughs> all right. Uh, for every team. Everybody. So I just searched oh, Flyers. Shit, okay. Uh, okay. So this guy wore it with the Flyers in 1998. Chris yep. Okay. And then, who's the other guy I wanted to mention? All right. This guy wore it for the Flyers in 2002 and 03. And he was part of a disappointing trade for the Flyers. Pavel yep. Brendel? I believe that's all the fifty-fives <laughs> in the Flyers history. Okay, I was gonna say I was I thought it was him and they said disappointing trade. I was like, yep, that would be Pavel Brando. Yeah, so that's uh yeah fifty-five. I forgot Nick Schultz was fifty-five because I thought there was somebody like real recent. I was like, I knew I fucking hate somebody that was fifty-five, <laughs> and I did not have. I knew I did not have strong enough feelings about Markov because I was still. I was like fucking 12. I knew that number so. inspired rage in me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know why I hate... I knew there were times recently I was cursing that guy for being slow and not keeping up with the play. So that makes... It all checks out now. So you want to do it? Do you have another number? Uh, you got another number you're curious about there? I mean, do you have another one on the list? Because that... No, I'm I, no, I meant like... Oh, okay. I thought if you wanted to give a... Or float a couple more names. Uh, I no, made I'm, with good. The, uh, I'm good on that right. I'm a good. All right. I'm good. <laughs> All right, and that leaves us with around the league. So uh, not 
too many things report from around the league, but one of them is uh, Gaten Haas, uh, Edmonton Oilers, staying in Edmonton for one year at 950K for 2020-21. Uh, the Penguins have signed a winger, Redeem Zohorna, Zohorna, uh, 24-year-old, six foot six, 225-pound player. <laughs> 22 points in 46 games for the Czech Tip Sport Extra Liga. No, it's a it's a it's a pretty unique name. I like it. He's gonna be. I feel like he's gonna be a guy that will become a uh, could become a noteworthy penguin. He's six foot six. I feel like he might get up and play some games and be large and annoying like Jamie Oleksiak or something. So uh, Joe Ward announces his retirement. 304 points in 726 games over 11 seasons in the NHL between the Wild, Predators, Caps. And sharks. I always forget that he came in with the Wild. He was, had a couple games with the Wild back in like 07, 08, or somewhere around that time. Uh, Blackhawks fired President John McDonough after being with the team since 2007, and uh, Rocky Wirtz has been named the interim president. Uh, that leaves Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colton uh, jobs kind of, uh, I guess, in flux right now because they could be on the outs too. We'll see because I believe, I mean, I think I even said it on this podcast back a couple months ago that the uh, the Blackhawks came out and said those guys' jobs were secure for next season as well. And then they just went forward and fired McDonough. So we'll see what that means for Bowman and uh, Jeremy Carlton. Uh, Alex Semin has signed an extension with Vidyaz Podolsk in the KHL for 2020-21. I think I'm saying that right. But uh, he was captain of that team this season. He has 38 points, 18 of which are goals in 50 games. And then last but not least, 23-year-old forward, Sammy Davis was the first overall pick in the 2020 NWHL draft. Uh, she's a Massachusetts Massachusetts native out of BU. Went to was selected uh, first overall by the Boston Pride, and she had 41 points in 36 games as the captain of Boston University uh, last season. So that is around the league, Steve. I am done. Let's uh, let's, let's get out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. All right, gang, that's all we got. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.pornhub.com. What? None of that made sense. <laughs> you can reach Craig on Twitter at Sports Are Bad. Uh, you got nothing yep, to plug? That's fine. Yeah, let's just, uh, that, that, that article will come out. The luckiest, unluckiest shooter. So I guess it's coming out next week now. We'll figure it out. You guys will see it. <laughs> Sooner or later, it'll, it'll appear on Broad Street it'll Hockey. It'll get there. Broadstreethockey.com, folks. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. Be sure to follow Broad Street Hockey and BSH Radio on Twitter, and be sure to like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook, wherever the heck you like to do that social media thing. Do it up. All right, I'm loopy. I'm tired. It's time to go. Folks, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. And wash your hands, damn it. Wow, wash your hands. Wow, 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 wash your hands. Wow, 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 about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig.
Craig Ruby. Dope.